Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we will have a conversation with Pastor David Marini from Calvary Chapel of Chapel Hill. David believes that Jesus Christ is God. Check it out then. So the belief I want to share, uh, I'll start out by saying uh, 52% of Americans, according to a recent survey uh, by Ligonier Ministries, 52% of Americans do not believe this, what I'm about to share. And quite surprising to me, about 30% of those who identify as evangelical Christians do not believe this either. The belief that I want to share is that Jesus Christ is God. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ is God. Yes. And 52% of Americans don't uh, agree with you, you're saying? Is that what you said? That's correct, yeah. According to this survey, which is done by actually a Christian research organization, and I think that number has grown over recent decades, uh, you know, in terms of number of people who don't believe that statement to be true. I see. You know, many people believe that Jesus Christ was a great moral man, that he was somebody who was filled with extraordinary wisdom, that the things that he taught are worthy of being followed. But when it comes down to the question, is Jesus God? As I said, 52% of Americans would disagree. Now, it's interesting, you bring up 52%. Is there a reason why you bring up the percentage of people who don't agree? Is that is it has something to do with why you believe it? Or is that just a, a fact that you're you're telling I'm sharing that because, first of all, it's surprising to me as a pastor that it's, a, it's, it's that high. It's more than half of, oh, okay. of the superset of the country. Uh, even more surprising that there would be such a large percentage of people who identify as evangelical Christian and yet do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. Well, if I were asked to ask you why you believe it, and so it's, pro- it's not the percentage, what would be the primary reason why you believe your belief that Jesus Christ is God. Okay. And if I could, um, I want to just mention that this is not something I've believed my whole life. Okay. Uh Um, I did not come to faith in Jesus Christ until I was like in my early thirties. Okay. Prior to that, I was very much uh, like so much of the world, very much wedded to scientific explanation, reason, uh, I started my life, you know, after college and law school, I started my life as an attorney. I was a litigation attorney um, specializing in intellectual property protection. And then I ultimately went in-house with a, uh, a, a technology uh, client of our firm. 
And um, so I was very wedded to what could be proved, what could be established through reason. Um, and I had friends and later family members who had started to come to Christ and become Christians. And, of course, we'd have debates. We'd have conversations. It's never hostile to it, but I didn't believe it. Um, and as I went on in these conversations with people, I started hearkening back to the discipline that I had as an attorney. Because what a litigation attorney does is he gets schooled on the law. He gets schooled on the fact pattern of his case. He learns it better than the other side. And then he advocates for his position. Okay. And I, I came to the realization that I hadn't really done that. I see. Relative to the Bible and what the Bible holds as truth. And so I started to do that. Okay. I started to look at the Bible with a, with a skeptical eye. And ultimately, long story short, what I found there was truth. And so back to your, your central question, why do I believe that to be true? Mm -hmm. The signature miracle that the Bible tells us Jesus did in order to establish his claim to be God was the resurrection. Now, the resurrection flies in the face of scientific reason and fact and experimentation, etc. And so, the, for me, once I, I, I considered the centrality of the resurrection to the claim that Jesus made of being God, I asked myself, well, how do we prove any act or event in history? We, we never go to the scientific labs to prove those things. What you do is you look for an historic proof. For example, how do we know that George Washington ever lived? How do we know that the Magna Carta was ever signed? How, how do we knew, know anything about a person who existed in history? Uh, how do we know that Homer wrote the Iliad? We look at historic proofs. A historic proof is something that's preserved, a testimony that's preserved, that's deemed credible. So, for example, there are copies of the Iliad that, that are, you know, very, very old, although they were they're copies that came hundreds of years, maybe a thousand years after it was actually written. But they're deemed to be credible because the people there was a chain of custody that, that, that established that, no, we could believe this. Well, if I just may stop you right there, yeah. just trying to, I don't want you to go too far away. I just try to understand where you're coming from. Right. and I don't want to get too far ahead um, because you, you said that. Um, you didn't come across, you didn't come by this belief, I think, at the very beginning through reason, but you're, I think you're telling me the, the, the reasons you're giving me does sound like reason. So I'm just trying to understand where, where you're coming no, from. No, no, you're quite right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. But again, so often when it comes to matters of faith, people want to dichotomize faith versus reason. That when you take something on faith, that you throw reason out of, out of the window. In the case of believing that Jesus is God, I did use reason to say, well, how does one prove something that happened in history? The signature miracle that Jesus said would prove that he is God is his resurrection. What does history tell us about that? So you go to the Gospels, you go to the Book of Acts, you go to the Epistles, and what do you find? You find men who witnessed the risen Christ. They, they, they witnessed the crucifixion. It was a widely known fact in, in first century Jerusalem that a man, Jesus of Nazareth, crucified on a cross. And then 
There is testimony of people who saw him risen, including one of the apostles who's famously known as Thomas or Doubting Thomas. And he sees the risen Christ. Jesus invites him to put his hands in his in, in the holes of his hands at his side. And Thomas's exclamation when he does that is, my Lord and my God. So, um, okay, so you... Is, uh, and I appreciate being very clear about how you know your belief, and I just this will also help me as well. If you're, if you are you telling me that if you, in your research or reading, I'm assuming you're reading this from the Bible, that if you or or other historical records possibly, that if you or came across some information somewhere that you, uh, that was sufficient to you, for you to know how you the things you know, and you were to find that, you know, maybe Jesus, there's a possibility that Jesus wasn't uh, resurrected like I thought, you would reduce your confidence in the belief or you would still have the belief? Well, I can only look at the evidence that there is, okay? So it's evidence. So if you you had less evidence, you'd believe the belief less. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Okay. But and I'll get to that in a second. But just let me let me share the evidence because, well, I, I don't want to get too far into that because, uh, again, this show is more about um, how we know what we know, and I, I under, understand you know you're telling me that it's evidence, but you're telling me if the evidence wasn't available, you'd well, still believe the it's, belief. It's the testimony that's in the Bible. Okay, the the Bible is very deliberately codified. By virtue of a of God's Spirit guiding those who who wrote down the the record that we hold in our hand as the Bible, so here's what it says in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, the Apostle Paul relates to the Corinthian church the centrality of Jesus's crucifixion and resurrection as the reason to believe that He is God, and he goes through a roster of individuals who saw the risen Christ, starting with the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John, and then all the apostles, and then over 500 brethren, he says, many of whom are alive contemporaneous with when he's writing this this letter, and um, and then he says, of course, himself. So we say, okay, well, why should we believe those guys? And here's here's the thing that I think is so compelling about the testimony of the Bible. These men that he he lists in that passage, these are all men, most of whom died rather than recant that testimony. Yeah, and I, I think I do understand why, you know, you hold the belief so strongly, and I didn't have an ask you a number scale yet, but I, it seems like it's pretty strong that you have this belief. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. Exactly. And I think, um, and I'm just trying to understand how you know what you know in the sense that, let's say, and, you know, I like to use a third-person ex- a third person example, like Tommy is sitting next to you, and Tommy actually um, he reads the Bible too, as you do. Right. And Tommy thinks Jesus was a great man and everything, but for whatever reason, Tommy doesn't believe that the resurrection was true, as you do. And he just he really does appreciate Jesus as a person and the historical figure and that right. thing. But he doesn't believe that Jesus. He doesn't take the extra step that Jesus. Um, you know, uh, died and survived his death. Right. That was a bridge too far for Tommy. Yeah. And I'm a third person. How how could I be able to decide between you and Tommy's belief about what is true? Well, being a good interviewer like you are, 
if I were you, I'd be asking him, well, what would it take? What, what would be sufficient evidence for you to believe the account of Scripture? What, what would comprise valid, verifiable information from which you could draw that belief? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, it's the question, really. And right? let's say Tommy says... Because um, people have to have a reason not to believe something, too, right? Say it again. I say people need to have a reason not to believe something as well. We not only as a that. reason to believe something, but as a reason not to believe it. And we can talk about that, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's different ways you can look at this. But let's say Tommy says that um, I just don't see there's no credible evidence in his mind. Okay. This is Tommy. There's no credible evidence in this mind that that is anything he knows. He's the way the world works. I don't know, physics right. and stuff like that, that that's a possible thing. There's no, there's no uh, objective evidence that that, e that is a possibility. Okay. And this Let's is, this is where that. I started with our conversation. When you say there's no objective evidence, if we're talking about an event in history, which we are, mm -hmm. then the only evidence what? that establishes any event in history is credible testimony that has been preserved through a tra chain of custody that you can rely upon. Yeah. Right? So we have the testimony recorded in the Bible. Okay. And that testimony is given by men who are willing to die to, to speak that truth and not recant it. Now... Tommy, Tommy would say, says, yeah, but Tommy would say, okay, well, there's a lot of religious fanatics of different religious he traditions. Says in Islam, I could show you the same thing. Right. And, yeah. Okay. Here's the, here's the key difference. And it is a key difference. Let's take Muslim fundamentalists. Let's take the guys who believe so much in Islam and in, in, in what the Quran says that they were willing to get on airplanes, fly them into buildings and they died. They died for what they believed and they believed it with all their heart. Then we look at the apostles and they died they were willing to die for what they believe. What's the difference? The Muslim extremists who flew planes into buildings, they believed what they believed, but they did not have a clear understanding that what they believed was not true. To say that the apostles would be willing to die knowing that Jesus never was resurrected would be to say that all of these men were willing to die for something that they knew was not true. So back to my original question then, if you were to find that these apostles were less reliable than you real than you thought, or there was something that didn't set right with you with the, how the Bible corresponded with historical information or something, would you reduce your confidence in the belief, or would you still have the belief at the same confidence level as you do now? Yeah, that's a hypothetical question. That's a good question to ask when you don't have a clear answer, but I have a clear answer. I have the t testimony. So I'm looking at the real actual testimony and I'm asking myself, is that credible? Yeah, and I know it's in your mind it is credible and I'm not disputing that. I, I, I just, I'm trying to understand how you know what you know and, and uh, to do that, uh, it, it would help to know if this information that you're relying upon yes. didn't happen to be available to you for whatever reason. And but spe spe specifically, it's the uh, 
the reliability of the apostles yeah. and that thing, would you still have the belief? And the I reason why I ask that is that if you still have the belief at the same intensity, what that tells me is, is that that reason doesn't seem to be as relevant because regardless, you'd have the belief and we probably should look well, somewhere else. I, I can't, what, what the Bible teaches us concerning faith in Christ, it comes from two factors. It comes from the word of God, which I'm holding here in my hand, ministered to the person through the spirit of God. So it, to, to say that I would, I would have a belief in Jesus Christ, but not have the testimony of the Bible, I don't know how you'd get there. Why, what would you do, make them up? I mean, I don't, I, it's hard to answer that question. Well, if, I take, if I take the testimony of the Bible out of the picture, where would I even come up with the notion of Christ in the first place? Yeah, so that helps. Yeah. So if you, I, I know we're talking about the Bible, but if you didn't have the information you're relying on, the, apostle, the apostles right. and the testimonies uh, and people who died for their beliefs. Right. Knowing that what they believed was true and knowing that it was not false. Right. Well, believe, they didn't die for something they knew was not true. Well, they believed it. Right. Because yeah. they saw it. And if that wasn't available to you, you would reduce your confidence in the belief. All I could say is, you're telling me what you're describing is is whether or not I would have a belief without the Word of God that establishes the truth. I'd say, of course not. Well, I'm, I'd I'm say trying that, to find I'd your primary reason. I'd say that the two reason. billion or three billion people or more that I'm actually trying to reach through my ministry who mm -hmm. don't believe in the in yeah, Jesus yeah. as God, they don't have the Word of God, so naturally they don't believe because they don't have the basis upon which God has told them here is the reason to believe. Yeah, and I, I understand that. I think, um, let, me, let me approach it this way. I know you're 100%. 10 out of 10, yep. 7 out of 7. <laughs> and, perfect number. And this, um, maybe, maybe this won't be the correct question to ask then in, in this case, but is there a way you could become more confident in your belief? Like, more... I know you're so confident in your belief, like it's 100%. Is there a way that you would even become more confident that you like, oh, wow, I really thought this is true now that I really, really think this is true. Is there a way for you to get stronger in your belief? Well, I would have to say, I mean, obviously, the Bible promises, for example, that the day is coming, and most Christ a lot of Christians believe that day is very soon, when Jesus Christ will come and call his church up to him in the air. It, it's a, an event known as the rapture, it's described in scripture. It will be a point in time when Jesus Christ has called in all of those people who ultimately will comprise his church. He will take them off the earth. And then an, a period of seven years known as a tribulation period occurs. Don't want to get into that, but only to say, naturally, if that moment happened right now as we're speaking, and I'm seeing my Lord Jesus Christ face to face, I, as I'm seeing you now, yeah, I mean, that would certainly supercharge, turbocharge the faith that I have. But here's the thing, and, and this is a question that may, maybe you're going to ask or maybe you don't want to hear about, but, but what really precedes where I got to in believing that Jesus Christ is God is that there's God at all. And that's a pretty important one. So, so if I have a sense, if I am convinced that there is a God, which again, a lot of people in this world don't believe there is, 
Secular humanism is probably the fastest growing belief system in the world today. Why then, if, if, if I don't believe there's a God, then, then everything I've just said is a nonsense. So I have to first come to grips with, is there a God at all? Yeah, well, your belief is that Jesus is God, so we'll stick there. Right. And, um, and uh, so you could get stronger in your belief if some amazing things happened, like the rapture. And things like that. Again, I'm saying I'm 100% convinced. Yeah, so it's hard to get stronger. So you could certainly celebrate, celebrate the fruition of what you've believed. On the other side, since you're at 100%, is there anything that would reduce your confidence in the belief? No. Do you think it's useful to have a belief, any belief at all, not just your belief, any belief, that can't be shown to be incorrect because if a belief can't be shown to be incorrect then how do we really know that it's true? Well, it's interesting because a conversation you had with your previous guest about truth mm -hmm. um, was very, I found very interesting because um, she made a, a statement that spoke about truth in relative terms. Your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. And I think I'm she, assuming this is not a relative truth. I'm assuming this is not a, well, yeah. my point is I totally agreed with the point you were trying to help yeah. The young lady see, which is that certain things we know that they're true because there is there is no possible way they could be false. And I think the the example that came. I think was you're telling me there's no possible way this could be false. Correct, because I agree that the idea of truth can never be relative. There is not uh, a I subjective that. your truth, my truth. There is the truth, and I'm right, and yeah. I'm saying that. You're telling me there's no possibility that you could be even an inkling of mistaken in your belief. Right. Because, and again, this is evidentiarily based. The evidence that the Bible gives for its veracity, to me, is beyond question. Tommy, next to you. We're going to just make it totally abstract here. Tommy yeah. believes that, you might have heard this example in a previous podcast, that Buddy Holly... The musician yeah. is a god. Hmm. He believes it, like you, 10 out of 10. Yeah. For, just say, we, for some reason, we know. We have perfect knowledge. Tommy is wrong. He's mistaken. That Buddy Holly is not a god. But he tells us there is no information we could tell him to change his mind. That he will believe it, and that's it. Yeah. What could we do at that point with Tommy? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that your belief is is not true. I'm saying we're talking about someone whose whose belief is so strong that yeah. if it happened to be incorrect, there no there'd be no way they could show themselves or someone else could show them. Well, there, there comes a point where you have to say that people have personal responsibility for what they believe. So if if Tommy is going to say Buddy Holly is God. And he want if he says that, but he doesn't care what you believe. That's what he believes. Yeah. You might out of it, out of uh, concern for Tommy, you might try and help him test that that truth that he holds. Um, but if he's not imposing that belief on you, um, then ultimately, you know, it's kind of live and let live. If you choose to believe mm -hmm. that, good on you. You know, it only becomes pernicious if Tommy is an activist and trying to bring other people to his side that Buddy Holly is God. Then, 
it has to be tested in the public marketplace of ideas. And the way in which it's tested is... How can is, something be tested if there's nothing that can disconfirm the belief? If there's nothing that can confirm the belief... Disconfirm the belief. Well, but the other side of that is to confirm the belief. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it, for Tommy it matters because he believes it. What I'm saying is Tommy can believe whatever he wants. Tommy can believe whatever he wants. Sure. And out of concern for Tommy, you can help him with that. But if he's adamant that this is what I believe, leave me alone, leave him alone. It only becomes an issue between you and me or society is if Tommy is advocating that as truth to society. And then then we all have yeah, That brings the me to a question I should have asked in the beginning. Let's say Tommy says truth is very important to him at a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And I'm going to assume that truth is very important to you at a 10 out of 10. Truth is what keeps people alive. And so it's very important to him to know what is true. Yes. But there's no way for him to know what's not true if it happened to be not true. Well, I would explain to Tommy that anything that we hold to be true as rational thinking human beings needs to have a sound reason for believing that it's true. To have only as your reason to believe something is your determination to hold the belief. that can disconfirm your belief, I'm just trying to understand how that matters, you know, like... Because he's, he seems like he's going to go on believing that belief. Um, you could tell him, you know, you know, Buddy Holly, he was a good musician. And you can talk about uh, other religions. You could talk about, um, you know, what you know about uh, how the world works and supernatural things. I mean, it doesn't. Okay, with so, him, it's not going to matter because he's, there's nothing you could tell him. Okay, so that maybe, would our, maybe his our issue with Tommy is definitional. Okay, okay. I would ask Tommy. First, give me your definition of God. Yeah. What, what's the definition of God that underlies your belief that this yeah, man all, is God? All powerful, all knowing, all, you know, I, I, all, I would just. So he, you're giving parameters that he could, he could mm-hmm. reliably test. Okay. Is Buddy Holly all knowing? Mm-hmm. Um, does, how many, yeah, I mean, is so we he all, so all powerful? Can, right. can he gin up a storm? Mm-hmm. Can he quell a storm? Okay. Um, is he omnipresent? Okay. Is is he uh, eternal? Has Buddy Holly always existed? And if Tommy, I would imagine if Tommy said, you know, show me how your God's all powerful, all knowing, and that kind of thing, and uh, more so than my God, Buddy Holly. Yes. What would you tell him? Well, I would take him to the Bible, and I would show him the attributes of God that are that are laid out in the Bible. And he would show you how Buddy Holly worked in his life, and how he's, you know, and then doesn't compare. Well, in the beginning, he says it does. In be, in the beginning, God created he the heavens and the earth. He Genesis one one. He doesn't believe that. Well, okay, but I'm just saying. I know. If he's using the same definition of God as we are, he is all powerful, all knowing, mm-hmm. yeah. omnipresent. Yeah. Give me any evidence that Buddy Holly is all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful. Oh, well, he prays to him, and, and, and he's That's, is, that's he's speaking about his him. Life I'm and, asking about Buddy Holly. Yeah, that, that's how he knows. Like, I'm just making, I'm just making an example. Yeah. That he prays to him and thinks, and his, his, you know, amazing things has happened to his life, and, he's, and he just, he knows. He, 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 he knows. He might know a different way than you know, but there's okay, nothing so, you could tell him. And I think my point is... It doesn't matter what you tell him. You could tell, you could talk, talk to him to your blue in the face about the Bible. He's just not going to believe it. It doesn't matter to him. Okay, but let me just let me just be clear that what we choose to believe about 
something does not in any respect affect, diminish, or increase its truth. It's either true or it's not. I understand and that. And so, so for someone like Tommy, and the world's got a lot of Tommies in it, you can show them what the Scripture says, you can talk them through it and all that, and they are determined not to believe it. And, and that's unfortunate. I think it's fatal. But, but it's not, it doesn't diminish the truth of the, of the Bible. Yeah, and I know, I think, uh, and Tommy says, I know how you know that Jesus is uh, a God, and I know you're relying on the Bible, and I know that, you know, I don't really believe that's true. And, and I would and ask him, I, why not? And because I, that's where I was, and then I realized, well, I've never even read it. He says, I don't use the Bible to, uh, you're using the Bible to uh, tell me that the things in the Bible are true. And I just don't, it's, to me, I don't believe it. It's just, it's just a reason I can't go. It's obvious that Buddy Holly is God because he's a God. I mean, he's, he, he, he Not according he rose, to Tommy's definition that you gave me. His definition? Yeah. I asked you, what's Tommy's definition of God? He's, always, all he's all knowing, he's all powerful. Okay, but, but he has my, no. My point, I think my point is, let's not, my point is, okay, my point is, would Tommy's belief be more powerful if instead of a seven out of seven, whatever number scale we're using, he was a 6.999 out of seven? The reason being, is that he wouldn't make a belief more powerful if the belief in some even small way could be falsifiable. What is it about a super strong belief that no one can tell you or no one could ever show you that's not true? How is that a better belief to hold, as I think you're telling me, than a belief that opens the door to the possibility that it might not be true. Again. Does it matter? Well, people can believe whatever they want to believe. But does it matter to believe in a belief at a 7 and a 7 versus a 6.999 and a 7? Does that make a difference? It depends on the stakes of the belief. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. We will continue our conversation with Pastor David Marini who believes that Jesus Christ is God, right after this short break. downcast You know I traveled every road to every town I suppose But if there's one place I can't find It's the past If suddenly I've disappeared Nothing to be feared I'm going back to Dundee By the North Sea If suddenly I can't be found, no I'm safe, safe and sound, in the west end of Dundee. I 
If suddenly I've disappeared, nothing to be feared. I'm going back to Dundee by the North Sea. If suddenly I can't be found, no, I'm safe, safe and sound in the West End of Dundee. If suddenly I've disappeared, nothing to be feared. I'm going back to Dundee by the North Sea. If suddenly I can't be found, no, I'm safe, safe and sound in the West End of Dundee. If suddenly I've disappeared, nothing. I'm going back to Dundee by the North Sea. If suddenly I can't be found, no, I'm safe, safe and sound in the West End of Dundee. Are you enjoying the program and wish to help? Please leave us an Apple Podcast review. Thanks. How is that a better belief to hold, as I think you're telling me, than a belief that opens the door to the possibility that it might not be true? Again. Does it matter? Well, people can believe whatever they want to believe. But does it matter to believe in a belief at a 7 and a 7 versus a 6.999 and a 7? Does that make a difference? It depends on the stakes of the belief. You you could believe so there's that a you, stake there. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, you can okay. believe that Hillsborough Barbecue is the best barbecue in the world, hands down. And you believe that to about seven. You can believe that a seven to seven, and there's nothing anybody well, can no, tell you. Seven out of ten. To, to use where you were going before, seven out well, of ten. I mean, seven I believe, out of seven in that case. Uh, no, no, no. I'm, no, I'm no, using no, different I, scales. Yeah, yeah, what uh, I'm saying is, you could mostly believe it. You can mostly believe it, mm-hmm. but that belief will change. When you go to a place and you say, oh, my gosh, this is way better than Hillsborough Barbecue. But when someone is a seven of a seven and there's nothing that they could anybody could say and right. there's no new information could anyone could learn. Right. That tells me that the belief is not falsifiable in any way, in any way that that, that it's a settled belief. Yeah. And to but use wouldn't it, it be more powerful that regardless of the belief, it doesn't I'm not, you know, your belief or Tommy's belief or the best barbecue in town belief. Would it make it a belief more powerful that, that you know, that if it happened, if I'm, you know, if it happened to be incorrect, and I'm not saying your belief is incorrect, but if it happened to be, believe, be incorrect, that my, I am open to learning that, and therefore it maybe helps a person, um... It's hard for me to see how any, and, and just not any belief, but I believe, how is any belief a seven out of seven? It's just so strong. And I think you're telling me that it's more important for your belief to believe it at a seven out of seven versus a 6.999 out of seven, because there are stakes to, to believing it at a seven out of seven, that if you happen to believe it at a 6.999 out of seven, that there is something that could really 
bad happen to you, if that is where you hold this belief, there's something better to hold it at a seven out of seven versus a 6.99. There's a reason for it. And I'm trying to understand why so strongly. Again, it comes back to what we were talking about with regard to what is truth. Truth is it's something that is not almost true. It's not true sometimes. I understand it's, that. Okay. I get that. Okay. I get that. So, so if... But is, is it okay to say that I really think it's true, being human, I might, you know, I might not have a perfect handle on the truth, leaving the door open where I could be mistaken. And I'm trying to understand what, what is it that you're getting out of that point one? What is it that to hold the belief that strongly versus if you, I'm getting the sense that if you held that belief at the 6.999, do you, is it something about the belief that, do you think something bad would happen to you if you held the belief at a 6.999 versus a seven? Is there, if, would something in your belief, the way you see the world, would you uh, go to hell? Would you, would you have something to answer for? The, Bi the Bible tells us clearly what we must believe to be saved. Okay. Okay. So, so, so number one, I got you. I'm a sinner. Do I believe that I'm a sinner? Absolutely. If, I mean, if, let me finish. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely. I'm a sinner. Uh, the Bible tells me that in my sin, there is nothing I can do to establish right standing with God, which is the only way in which anyone can have the eternal life that God created us to have in the first place. Do I believe that God sent his only son, Jesus, to come to earth to live a sinless life on my behalf? Yes, I do. Why? Because I have credible testimony that that and happened. And you believe all that. Did, I get did, it. Did Jesus die for my sins? Yep, I have credible historic proof for that. Did Jesus raise again from the dead? Yes, I have credible proof for that. And if you I believe, believe those all things, that at a 6.999... I believe it in a 7.0. I know, but if you did at a 6.999... What is the difference for believing in that? I don't think there would be a difference, honestly, because God is gracious and God knows my heart. See, this is the other thing. I maybe don't know what the you're looking for a percentage. I don't maybe know that. God does. God knows well, my heart. Well, you're giving heart. me 100%. Yeah, because that's my sensibility. But God knows my heart even better than I do. And so he's he's going to know, do yeah. I believe I'm a sinner? I say I do. I believe I do. He knows whether or not I do. Do I believe that Jesus Christ came bodily in human flesh to earth? Yes, I say I believe that, and I do believe that. But he knows my heart on each one of these elements of salvation. So you're and telling so, me, if you if you believe the belief at a 6.999 versus a 7, I think you're telling me it wouldn't make a difference. Or would it make a difference? I think in terms of, I mean, again, I don't know what the significance of that point because, one is. Because, you're all, because it's... It's, it's leaving open the possibility that you're human, you might not, it's, it's, maybe it's possible that you don't know everything how the world works. I know I definitely don't. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I know you, in this case, I know you think you do. I know you believe you do. And I'm not trying to challenge that in that sense. But it, to me, you know, the show is called being reasonable and it leaves the door open that you know could i is it possible this infinitesimal that i could be mistaken about one thing maybe i still believe the belief really 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 strongly but is it possible and and you're talking about um you know you're in the beginning you were talking about 
uh, zealots and you're talking about um, people in other religion. And to me, when I think of the definition, I think the definition is, is someone who believes a belief that there's just, there's just nothing you can do, that there's, that there's just nothing you can say. And when it's, when it's with Tommy and his belief, and this is why, and I, I know I'm animated right now, and the reason why I'm animated right now, I don't usually get this animated, and I apologize for that. It's okay. And the reason why, and the reason it's why. It's your show. <laughs> well, I know, I'm sorry about that. But, I really, but the reason why I'm animated about this is because we live in a time where people believe their beliefs at 100%. Right. I know you believe you're 100%. And I know you know that there are people who believe in Islam right. or name the religion. I'm not trying to pick on any religion. Right. And you know they believe their belief at 100%. You could talk, we could go about reasons back and forth all day long. It won't matter. They believe their belief at 100%. And there's nothing you could say to change their mind, to change, but not that you need to change their mind, but to, to, to open the door where goodness gracious, both of you can't possibly be correct at the same time. Right, which is why I thought, you know, again, my understanding in coming on the show is that your interest is why somebody believes yeah, what I they am. believe. right. Right, okay. Yeah. So, so rather than talk about Tommy's reason for believing what he believes, let me just say that I didn't always believe what I believe. See, you, you say that people believe what they believe and nothing can change their mind. My mind was changed. Well, so, now so, it's not. So I would... But, now but, it's not. But, yeah. Well, hold on. Mm-hmm. I would... I would I would suspect that your interest in terms of the theme of your show yeah. is what took me from where I was to where I am now. Because there was a the reason, there was reasons for changing my mind. But now, there are no, but now your mind is settled. And you have reasons or have, you know, had reasons why they changed and your mind is settled. And we're talking about somebody who has an as an intense belief who has their reasons. And so it seems like we have people who have intense reasons. Right? Yes. What do we do? And I really have mean, them on your show and find out. I mean, but I mean this sincerely. <laughs> yeah. If you know, if you were sitting next to Tommy and Tommy, Tommy at this point is, is a Muslim and he practices Islam and he's believing his belief and he has his reasons and, and there may be some reasons that overlap with your reasons or not overlap, there's separate reasons. Right. And you have your reasons and I think you would probably al- allow me to say that he, there's probably other people in the world who believe their belief as intensely as you do. Oh, I'm sure of it. Right. I'm sure of it. And we have two people who believe their beliefs really intensely at 100% and what dialogue can happen at that point, right? I think a dialogue like this could happen at that point. Could Wait, it? Yeah, I do. I, I think that, again, if if you're interested in listening, this is why I, I was drawn to your podcast as, as a valuable thing, because it gives a chance for an airing of what the belief actually is. See, so often folks who believe something, they shut off any opportunity to listen to someone else. It doesn't sound like you would listen to Tommy here. Oh, I would have, listen, I have, you know, I, I go to, I'm going to be would going, listen to in him, May, I will be going to North Africa. Is there something Tommy could tell you that would change your mind about your belief? I doubt it, but I would listen to him because my, I mean, my I mean, desire, my desire yeah. is to have dialogue with Tommy. You would hear Tommy. him. You would I would hear, hear him. him, right? Yes. But nobody's guaranteed that or no one's demanded that if you listen to somebody, you must all of a sudden come over to their side. Oh, no, I don't think you should. No. And that's why 
I'm not saying to believe what Tommy believes, right. but if you held your belief at 6.99 and he held his belief at a 6.99, we'd have an interesting discussion. It seemed like you, wouldn't it be more productive? To do what? To learn the truth, an objective truth. I know you believe your truth is objective. Right. He does too. He believes his truth is objectively true. Right. But if you're, if you're holding a sincere belief that's based on good reasons to hold it, I don't, I don't feel like I have to compromise that. I don't feel like I need to accommodate not, my beliefs to, to his beliefs. I feel like we should— What are you should, compromising? Hmm? What are you compromising? That's what I'm saying is I don't feel like that, that is the end goal. The end goal is the pursuit of truth. Yeah. So we would have the conversation about, okay— In the pursuit of truth, do you think— do you think it's a better—is it more productive to hold a, in the pursuit of truth, to go about it that, in a sense that I could be completely wrong? I would not enter that conversation believing I'm completely wrong. That I could be. I could be. I would not enter the conversation believing I could be wrong. Now, I know that sounds very non-politically correct— but again, I, again, I thought we would be getting into the reasons why I believe what I believe, and that way it would make it much easier for you to understand why I would enter that conversation in that mind frame. Because again, what what the Christian uh, faith is all about is it's about the revelation of God's word worked through a person by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, and that. That aspect of the Holy Spirit of God working the truth of the word into the person. Jesus said that he would be going back to the Father, which after his resurrection, he would be ascended to heaven. But he said, don't worry, I will send you another comforter. And that other comforter that he refers to is the Spirit of God that comes to live in the believer, but also will guide those who sincerely seek the Lord in his word. He will guide them in the way of all truth. Jesus said that would be his mission to guide you in the, in the way of all truth. He will not speak in his own name, but he'll speak in my name to guide you in the way of the truth. The truth about what? The truth about Jesus. If and, you didn't have your belief, would you be the same person or would you be a different person? I'd be radically different. How so? I know who I was before I came. I was 33 when I came to Christ. So I'd already gone a pretty good way in my life, enough to know. How would you be different? Well, uh, first of all, I would probably be, I would be less gracious to other people. I'm a... I grew up as a very competitive person, probably why I went into the law to practice. Uh, very competitive, very zero-sum game-minded. I win, you lose. Um, I would probably be like a lot of young men of the time, very full of lust and all that comes with that. Um, so you'd be less, grace, not, less gracious. I'm just trying to understand yeah. what you're saying. Less grace, gracious, more lustful, more... I'm just trying to see how you'd be different from the... without this intense belief that you hold that right. would be I would probably be a little bit more nihilistic as well. I would start to struggle as so many people do in this world. Do struggle think, for meaning. Why 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 are we here? I so mean you wouldn't be able to have meaning. It may have meaning in your life. Right. And I wouldn't go out on a limb and say that you wouldn't think that you would survive your death if you didn't have this belief possibly. Right. Um okay. I would probably not be as um, generous. Right. I would probably not be as kind. Not to say that I'm off the charts on both of those anyway, but just to say, relatively speaking, I don't think... And this helps. Be, be, because, I mean, when I look at the example of Christ, 
He died in my place. He forgave me everything that I've ever done, thought, or ever will do, think, or, you know, whatever. And if I am forgiven to that extent, how could I not forgive one who wrongs me? I would never have that thought on my own. I would never have the thought of going halfway, halfway around the world to speak to somebody about something that I believe will guarantee them eternal life. I would never do that on my own dime yeah, yeah. to do that for somebody else. I wouldn't do it. And this I would never love somebody unconditionally. I don't know me. if I would be still married to my wife. I've known my wife since the seventh grade. Okay. But this we helps. may not have ever stayed together. And I think I, I think I think I know where you're going with this, but I will ask the question. If let's just say if Buddy uh, Tommy, who believes at this point, I know changing the belief here, I'm not trying to be confusing, but but if he believes uh, in Buddy Holly as God, and let's just say as objectively speaking, anybody who knows him knows he is the kindest, nicest person you've ever met, works at the food pantry every weekend, he's kind to his neighbor, he's just, you know, he's a really nice, gracious, wonderful person. Right. What do we think about Tommy? I would say that in spite of all those wonderful accolades you've just given to Tommy, or to Buddy Holly, who Tommy worships, sure. um, the standard is not other people. The standard, the standard for righteousness is not other people. The standard of righteousness is Christ's righteousness. See, the Christian does not try and calibrate their life to the word of God in order to earn salvation. So whether somebody they is nice they, or not does not matter. Not for salvation. If you are a person who is who who names Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you you live a, a righteous life, a kind life. You could be an unchanged person, but believe in your belief. Probably not, and here's why. Somebody who is truly saved, somebody who truly has belief in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and has devoted their life to him, they will have the fruit of salvation, as the Bible terms it. The fruit so why of why is he acting that way? That, who? I wonder why he's acting that way, Tommy. Because probably it's it's what's known as selfish giving. He's I, selfish. I, well, let me let me finish. Selfish giving would be I give something to get something. What what, what would Tommy be getting by serving in the soup kitchen? Are you so, getting anything? I have I have everything already. Are you getting anything from the belief by believing the belief that you wouldn't have gotten? Oh, tons. Okay. All the things I mentioned before. Right. That I, that I now know why I'm here. I know where I came from. Yeah. I know the purpose for my life. I know yeah. why I'm here. Yeah. I know what my ultimate destiny is. So that in itself is a huge blessing. Yeah. I know that, that um, my life, as I live it out in this world, yeah. uh, I hope is evidence there, is Christ, and if it does, is there any other, other explanation? I mean, is it selfish giving? Is there anything else? I mean, is it is it possible that he's there's some internal part of him that just thinks that it's a really good thing to do to help your fellow human? I'm sure there's genuine thoughts like that. But here's again, this is this is what the Word of God tells us. The Word of God describes the unregenerate human heart before they come to Christ as. Paul says it in Romans chapter 3. There's, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none who seeks after God. And so in that posture, in that frame, 
we might have reasons for being altruistic, for being loving, whatever. But the point is, ultimately, we all have, we're all born into a sin nature. This is the aspect that, that is so troubling about human beings. I mean, even people who don't believe at all in God, they have a problem with why is there evil in the world? Well, there are things that are just inherently bad. National, natural disasters that wipe out 200,000 people, like the tsunami in, in uh, the Far East back in 2004. Uh, we see people that just for the most cold and calculated reasons kill other human beings. Everybody agrees that's wrong. Um, where does that come from? Why is the world like that? Why do we have an inherent sense that that's wrong? We have an inherent sense of certain things that you could call natural law. It, everybody kind of understands that these, this is your equipment. If I were to just pack this up in my car and drive off, anybody would look at it and say, dude, that's wrong. Regardless of what you believe. Yeah. So if there's a sense of law that this is wrong, there must be a lawgiver. There must be a source by which a, a general sense of right and wrong has come. And there must, there must be a reason why these things are in the world. And the Bible gives the most credible explanation for why things are broken in the world. And, and again, to just get back to reasons why I believe what I believe, I started out by believing what most everybody is taught in school, that, that what we see here in the universe is the product of random processes over extraordinarily long periods of time. And, and I took that on board because very smart people taught me this. But when I started to question it, it seemed more improbable than anybody could attribute my faith to be. It seemed very unscientific. A perfect example, a famous book that's big time right now and has been for probably a decade, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, considered really one of the leading philosophical and historic uh, minds on the planet Earth today. Uh, very bright man, extraordinarily bright, um, teaches history at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. He has a very famous book called Sapiens, the uh, a short history of humankind. It's on my book stand. Yep, yep, mine too. And he starts out the book, go and look, in the very beginning, he starts out with a timeline of history. And it starts out by saying that 13 billion years ago, energy and matter came into existence. We're kind of getting a little... No, no we're actually spot okay. on the point. All right. um, because then about four and a half billion years later, uh, the planet Earth was formed. And from there, he builds the history of humanity. Yeah. Now, to my way of thinking, that's an extraordinary presupposition upon which to base everything else that follows. Yeah. It, because, because it goes against the very laws of nature that we rely upon, the, the, the laws of science, the laws of physics that we re rely upon and that validate the, the things that we are able to observe in the world. And so putting those things together, I found it impossible. You're, you're obviously a very bright person and I'm going to, and I've never asked this question before, but I'm gonna ask you this. Give me the best case Steal me in this argument for me. Give me the best case of why your belief is not true. Is not true? Give me the best case you got. Steal me in this for me. The best case that it's not true, there isn't one.
From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week. Power is to make you.